All right, everyone. Uh, Nick here. Hoping everybody's having a good day. Um, this first episode, episode number one, is going to be a little rough. Getting our bearings down, getting the uh, sound in check. But I figured instead of waiting around, maybe trying to get everything perfect just to jump in and get a recording going. Um, I fully am aware that in hopefully a good amount of time from now, once we keep going, get a few more episodes that... I'll probably look back and, you know, cringe at these earlier episodes. But we're all here as a photography community looking to learn. Uh, we're looking to just have a conversation. Um, there's not a whole lot of photography podcasts that I found that I really like. So I'm going to jump in the ring, see if I can bring something, get some people on here, um, fellow photographers um, that suffer from the same issue that I have, and that's going to be the name of the uh, podcast is Gas Gear Acquisition Syndrome. I am fully aware that I have an issue that I buy camera gear all the time. I buy and sell, trade all gears, lens, lenses, uh, cameras. Uh, my most recent obsession is uh, Leica cameras. And uh, if you know anything about Leica cameras, they are very expensive. So it took a while to get uh, get my hands on those. But as I'm looking over at my desk right now, just to describe um, my gas situation, I have five cameras and a handful of lenses. So um, yeah, I'm fully aware I have an issue. But again, um, I kind of want this podcast to evolve, uh, talk to other people about upcoming gear, um, getting the latest and greatest, what people are using, um, what works for them, and, you know, just their photography journey. Really, you know, everything's kind of a joke as far as acquiring all this gear, but I really want it to be about all things photography. So uh, bear with me, bear with us on these first couple episodes, just because we're, like I said, trying to get everything fine-tuned. And if you've never tried this before, it's a little bit weird uh, just to talk, chat with yourself for, you know, hopefully a half hour. So that's a part of the goal is to, you know, not only bring awesome, fun content and, you know, just talk about everything photography, but just to become better at this. And, you know, hopefully in return, we'll, you know. So I don't know about you guys, but not only just with camera gear, but as far as photography goes, I like, I don't like to pigeonhole myself into, um, you know, one genre. I don't just like to take portraits. I don't just like to do street photography or landscape. Um, I, I really like to do everything. I just enjoy the whole process of photography from, you know, scouting the location to taking the pictures to sharing you know, photos with family and friends, uh, posting on, on Instagram, you know, for, for again, my family and friends and for really myself. But, uh, I really enjoy <clears throat> street photography probably the most. Um, my wife and I do, we do shoot, uh, portraits, uh, weddings, uh, engagements, uh, everything of that nature. Um, and in my free time, I, you know, I enjoy street photography the most. I just live about, 15 minutes or so north of the Twin Cities of Minnesota. So I frequent Minneapolis and St. Paul. So I do, we get a good amount of street photography here. <clears throat> and uh, so when I say 
I'm going out in Minneapolis. It's day or night. Um, I prefer the night photography as far as street goes, but as far as the climate goes um, around the United States with, you know, riding and everything else that's uh, going on now, and we're not going to get into that at all here, but uh, uh, usually I like to go with somebody else. And obviously with COVID, sometimes that was a little bit difficult and not only difficult to go with somebody else, but at least for my style of street photography, I'd like people to be, you know, a good, a big portion of it. And with the cities being basically a wasteland, it can make that a little bit difficult. So over the past year, uh, fellow uh, street photographers, I know you're suffering from that. Uh, some people go for the urban landscape, which is awesome. I love seeing all that uh, posted on Instagram. But for the main part, if you if you like to shoot people um, in your pictures, it's been a little bit difficult. Uh, but you know, we'll get into different genres of street photography and um, photography rather um, later. But for today, I just wanted to you know jump in and get a first episode going so we can start this community um, right now. Uh, my main cameras for uh, paid client work. I'm using a Sony A9 and an A7R4. Um, I just actually got last week, finally after pre-ordering it, um, the uh, Sony 35 millimeter G Master. Um, with COVID, it's been pretty hard to get your hands on some of that newer gear. From what I've heard from the local camera shops, is uh, the the Sony stuff has been probably by far the best to get your hands on. They haven't had as much of an issue. I know uh, Canon and Nikon um, and Fujifilm uh, have had quite a bit of a supply issue, uh, which is to be expected just with, you know, the whole pandemic and whatnot. But the the, uh, main cameras, like I said, are the A9 and the A7R4. Um, like I said, I got the new 35 millimeter G Master, um, so I like to use that, and I also like to use uh, the 135. I think that's the portrait king, as far as you know, shooting um, with people for portraits. Um, I have taken it off for uh, street photography before, and actually really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed the compression, um, and instead of being up in everybody's grill on the streets, you can take a step back and just kind of pick off the shots you like. Um, And I think that's a really good way to, you know, change things up. I've seen a lot of people posting online of they're having issues, you know, being creative. And I think, uh, you know, my advice to that is either change up your approach, get out of your genre. Maybe you're a landscape photographer and you want to do some street, uh, change it up. Uh, Maybe try a different lens, uh, borrow a lens, uh, rent a lens, buy a new lens if you have the means. and, and try it out that way. Um, but so we do spend a lot of time doing portraits on weddings. Uh, we do that. It really started as a hobby to something to do together. My wife enjoys photography, not quite as much as I do. Um, I also enjoy the gear side of it, the tech, the tech side of it. Uh, so that's a, that's a big passion of mine, but for lenses, I've already talked about the 35 millimeter, uh, the G master. I have the, 100 to 400 G Master, the 135 G Master. I'm also using a, a Sigma uh, 85, the 1.4, the new one, roughly, I think it came out about eight months to a year ago. 
Um, I really enjoy that, especially from the price difference between the G Master and the Sigma. It's roughly $500, so uh, that's a big swing. Uh, if uh, if you can uh, stomach not shooting a Sony lens, if you're a Sony shooter, which isn't a problem for me, I do prefer the Sonys, but in this case, I went with the Sigma. And then we also have the uh, the Tamron. Yeah, so we also have the uh, Tamron 28 to 75, which we actually really like, uh, especially comparing it to the uh, 24 to 70 uh, G Master. The size and weight, you know, comparing the two is is crazy. Now, I'm not even comparing the build quality at all because they're they're really on a different planet, and I think that's one thing you obviously get with you know going with a native. You know, with this actual Sony lens, but uh, and then my other kind of, I have really three personal cameras, you know, right now that I do bring with um, on portrait and wedding stuff, but uh, in these I would use, you know, during like a cocktail hour or something of that nature, but um, going from, you know, let's go from the cheapest would be the uh, X100V Fujifilm and kind of sad because that's not really a cheap camera but and it's actually one of my favorite I brought it with uh, on a recent trip to Mexico my wife and I went uh, in January and uh, excuse me we didn't go in January when uh, we went in March but uh, yeah I brought that with that was the only camera I brought I was gonna bring more but I wanted to take a minimalist approach just because a I didn't want to carry you know, a bunch of really expensive gear um, and have to worry about it and stress out about it. And I do have a story about that, you know, later, not only far as far as minimalist gear goes, but, uh, you know, more expensive gear, it can stress you out. Um, so we'll come back to that. But the uh, Fujifilm X100V, um, I have it in black. So I love that as a, uh, you know, throw my in my backpack um, on times I do go into the office I can carry that with me everywhere and it, I don't really worry about it getting banged up because it's pretty ballproof and then the uh, NYX one I have as a Leica M240 on uh, silver I love I love that camera I love the way the files look <clears throat> I love the way the camera looks I love the way it processes I love the sounds it makes um, the camera was built in 2003 13 I believe um, if you don't know anything about Leica's take a second and you know do some research on them they're pretty cool they're hand-built in Germany but uh, we'll save that again for later um, and then my third and arguably out of all my cameras my most favorite would be the uh, Leica QP um, it's a similar style to the uh, X100V fixed lens but it's uh, 20, 24 megapixels, it's a pretty small form factor, fixed lens, 28 millimeter, uh, 1.7 Sumalux. So the, the lens is 1.7, 28 millimeter. Uh, it's a Sumalux line from uh, Leica, which is their top of the line. If you just purchase that, you know, the Sumalux um, 35 millimeter, or uh, I think they have a 50 millimeter and a few other ones, but they're very expensive. They're roughly, uh, you know, four and a half or five thousand just for the lens alone. So uh, the the Q series from Leica is actually pretty good. Um, it's a pretty good bang for your buck, especially because it's one of the cheaper ways to get into Leica. 
Uh, but that's been one of my uh, favorite favorite cameras, and you know, maybe it's just me, but I hear a lot of people talking about it that there is a Leica look, and I fully believe that. I see it. I love the way Leica. Um, I love the the colors. Um, their black and whites are basically untouchable uh, for me. They look just incredible coming out of the camera, um, and and that's for. The color as well uh, not just the black and white but you have a lot of control the files are awesome they edit really well um, and you really don't need to edit them uh, they look great the shadows are amazing uh, but these cameras uh, can be pretty old and they still they still stack up the autofocus is nowhere near a sony camera but you're not really buying you know like a q or you know a rangefinder m series you know for that reason uh, one one big thing for me, especially with the M, that I enjoy is it makes me slow down. So if I go, you know, if I take the X100V, it does like 11 or 12, whatever frames per second, you can just rip off a ton of shots. Well, the M, it does like two or three frames a second. It's all manual focus. So it really makes, you, you need to intentionally find that picture, frame it up, and take and get the focus. Now, if I use it for street photography, I'm using man. You know, since it's manual focus, we're using zone focusing. So, I'll I'll usually let the camera do most of the work, as far as you know, light metering, and I'll set it to roughly anywhere from four to you know uh, f eight to get the zone to get a big uh, plane of field for focus. Uh, but I do really enjoy that. <clears throat> it's a uh, like I said, just such a different style of photography that I do really enjoy. And it's, I think it's improved my, you know, ability to see shots for client work. It's not, not only has it made me slow down because the A9, the Sony does like 20 or 25 frames a second, fully silent. Um, and the, the R4 is not far behind. So, you know, you can really you know, click off a lot of shots and, you know, generally you'll get a good handful of keepers, especially because the autofocus on the Sony's just don't miss. So, um, in that sense, the Leicas have probably made me better at this craft, uh, just by slowing down a little bit, thinking about shots and then getting, getting the ones that I want instead of, you know, just raising my camera up and, you know, pinning the shutter down and, you know, combing through, you know, 20 shots and getting one or two that will really work. Um, with the Leicas, well, not really with the Q, but with the M, if you, if you miss, you miss. So if you take 50 shots in an outing, you might get, you know, a good handful that will work. Um, I've gotten much, much better with it just by practicing around the house with the dogs, um, <clears throat> family that comes over, uh, my wife, I think she's probably about ready to divorce me at this point if I take another picture with her, but I'm sure most of you, um, husbands or wives, um, you share the same they share the same feeling. Um, <clears throat> so I was talking about earlier with, you know, may, this is mainly just for the Leicas as far as expensive gear goes because all this stuff is, you know, it's all relative. It's all, it's all expensive gear and, you know, I like to get the latest and greatest stuff and the, you know, the A9 and the A7R4 are no exception, but I think it was roughly a month ago I had, I purchased from B&H the, the, uh, the new uh, Leica SL2S. And uh, 
you know the reviews on that camera are they're so good the the files are amazing <clears throat> the the colors are awesome the black and whites again are just incredible the build quality is like something I've never experienced before um, them boxing from a Leica is you know like none other the I took it out you know a shutter on the house for I think the first weekend and then uh, I went to one of our local <clears throat> just downtown areas one of the older parts of it was in Anoka uh, if you're familiar with uh, the uh, Twin Cities area and I when I bought the SL2S I was you know aware how that is an expensive camera just the body I think was you know after tax was you know a little bit over five five thousand and you know you don't buy you don't buy the Leicas for you know the different reasons you buy a Sony for like the autofocus uh, the battery life things like that and the cameras you know virtually double the price so I knew what I was getting into I got it with um, the Sigma 24 to 70 just because I was really testing everything um, as far as do I want to shoot like a for weddings um, that's a whole other story about how expensive that would be a battery for the SL2 is roughly $285 for one um, <clears throat> and you know if you don't have a battery grip you're probably gonna go through you know two if not three so you probably want to have four batteries for a wedding day you know that's you know thousand bucks just from batteries um, but back to my main point to when I was took it out I think it was a Sunday afternoon um, down in Anoka it wasn't there there was a fairly good amount of people um, you know relative to COVID and I was walking around and I had the camera on a wrist strap uh, Peak Designs Rick's wrist strap and I the whole time I was walking around instead of focusing on you know being invisible taking the pictures that I wanted um, doing you know your typical street photography workflow um, capturing people um, the life of the city I was instead of focusing on that I was so focused on this really this really expensive piece of gear that I'm walking around with 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 the lens you know were $6,500 and I was so worried about the camera getting banged up <clears throat> and you know, running it into something or dropping it. Now I know I had it on a wrist strap, but I'm still thinking about all these things. Um, and for anybody, no matter what state, what city you're in, you know, you do worry about somebody, you know, coming up and stealing it. Not that they know what a Leica is. Maybe they do, maybe they don't, but it's still in the back of your mind. Whereas, you know, the X100V, the Fujifilm, you know, if that, if somebody came up to me, and was you know trying to take it I would just hand it over I don't want the trouble you know and I think that's just a smart play but you know with the SL2S you know being such an expensive um, outfit it's you know you think about that and it is it is a worry of mine so I did end up returning it and that was basically my sole reason and it was funny because that day I was listening to a podcast, um, I belong, or I'm a part of the Patreon for Evan Ramft. Uh, if you're not familiar with him, I would check him out on YouTube, uh, especially if you like Leica stuff. <clears throat> he shoots a bunch of different stuff, he does educational videos and whatnot, but he, after 
I had left Anoka and had this experience, I was listening to his podcast and he brought up the same thing. He has a Leica QP as well. He has an SL2, uh, which is not the older version of the SL2S, but it has a different sensor. <clears throat> so, and he was talking about the same thing about how he's worried about walking walking around downtown Atlanta with his expensive setup because you know to replace one of these cameras it's you know it's going to cost you you know five five or six thousand to, to replace it so like I said I ended up returning it just because it wasn't worth it to me to worry about you know going out or you know with all these cameras I have I like I said I have the five cameras I don't really use the Sony's that much for you know street photography or anything like that, but I, I have in the past, and I don't worry about taking them out. I don't worry about taking the M240 out. I don't worry, worry about taking the QP out, um, but the SL2S, um, it just wasn't conducive to what I wanted, um, and that that money could be repurposed for you know a number of different things, not just for camera stuff or you know this hobby. But do I regret sending it back? Yeah, oh, big time. Um, just because the camera was incredible, the build quality was really second to none. Um, it felt great in the hand. Uh, the autofocus, again, just not even close to Sony. Now, as of yesterday, I believe Leica did just update that, which we knew was coming. Um, but it wasn't enough for me to keep the camera. Maybe I'll get one in the future. Um, but I probably would go used uh, the next time just to... You know let somebody else put those first few dings um, <clears throat> on the camera because with something so expensive it is a, just a single block of aluminum so it does hurt you know if you dropped it it would it'd be pretty painful for me at least then you know probably most of you would feel the same um, but going through all the uh, camera stuff uh, that's kind of where I'm at right now um, I think you know, on a day-to-day -day basis, I really, even the house, I carry a camera around or I have one, you know, upstairs, I grab it, you know, at lunch or at the end of the day. Um, and I, you know, make some photos of around the house and, you know, I'm just, just trying to become better, you know, especially with the M cameras, with the rangefinder, if you haven't used one um, and you're interested, I highly recommend you try it. Uh, it's, that will be for a whole nother episode as far as, is it worth it? to have a fully manual focus camera when you could, you know, spend quite a bit less, <clears throat> excuse me, and, uh, you know, get be probably arguably better results just because, you know, you're going to nail focus, you know, a lot easier with an autofocus. And with the, with modern autofocus, it's, it's pretty hard to miss regardless of the camera you're using. So as of right now, it's, you know, I love this setup, and I think a big, a big, a big thing for me is I like to change gear out. I like to try new things. I like to try new, new brands. <clears throat> when I first started shooting photography when I was a kid, I used to, I uh, used Nikon. I have uh, friends with it, and so I went to uh, one of the local camera stores and I got the A7R4, which is a 62, 62 uh, <clears throat> megapixel full frame sensor. And two things happened. I love the camera. I love the way it, feel, it felt in my hand. Um, I got a battery grip right away. I shoot um, all my portrait work with battery grips because I just like a bigger camera. Now the Sonys are pretty small. 
And so again, the two things happened. I love the way it felt in the hand. Um, I do. I love the Fujis too, but particularly the R4 felt great. Battery life was really good. And I love the lenses, the G Master lenses. The biggest thing that happened was I fell in love with the autofocus. The A7R4 and the A9 are you don't miss. Um, you would have to do something pretty drastic to screw the camera up or have the camera miss um, for you to actually miss a shot. So in a way it felt like cheating in a good way because when you're you know had the added stress of doing paid work, <clears throat> you know why not have the best technology? Uh, the Canons also have insane autofocus, the dual pixel autofocus. So um, I did leave the Canon at one point for the Fujifilm, which, you know, I'm kind of contradicting myself because I never really had an issue with the Fujifilm autofocus. But um, like I've said a few times, the Sony is just, they have, they really have it dialed in, you know, right now. And they're, they're really on a different playing field when it comes to autofocus. So I'm just going to interrupt here real quick because and apologize just because I've been talking about so many different things, but I kind of figured that's how this first episode would go. I'm talking about, you know, the gear I have, uh, gear that I've gotten rid of, my new-ish. Uh, I've always loved Leica for years and years. No, I always wanted one, but um, I always didn't have the means to get one. They're, they're uh, quite an expensive camera. Um, my first one was the M240 that I got, you know, a while ago. But um, we've talked about a lot of stuff here and I really just want this podcast to evolve <clears throat> talking about not only just all things photography but buying and selling getting the newest and latest and greatest you know making what you have work for you and being okay with that I think we fall in a trap you know especially with social media we we see you know a photographer posting pictures and we think oh man I need you know I need that lens or I need that camera to make that shot you know you, you really don't um, sure it will help I, I don't personally buy into the, the thought process and I see people posting that gear doesn't matter um, I think that's <clears throat> I don't think that makes any sense to say that um, I could go out with my Leica M and get amazing shots. I could go out with my A7R4 and get amazing shots. But, you know, shooting a wedding with an A7R4, you're gonna get way more usable shots than you are with a Leica M camera um, with one caveat, and that's being Benj Heish. If you don't know who that is, I would check out his YouTube channel. He shoots um, all his weddings on two M240s, and he recently, I think within the past six months, uh, switch to the newer M10s, um, but you know I do think gear does matter. I don't think you know showing up to a wedding, you know, with some you know you know cheaper gear and some lower end glass, you're not going to get as good of results as you would with you know let's just use Sony and get a full Sony outfit and you know have some nice glass. Uh, one thing we'll tackle too is you know, what's more important, the body or glass, you know, if you're going to allocate more money to get a nicer body or do you get better lenses? Um, spoiler alert, I would definitely say to spend your money on glass. I think that, you know, that's what's going to get you some, some awesome results. Do we need 62 megapixels? Absolutely not. Does that make a difference? No. The only time that's really going to make a difference if you 
if you need that really heavy ability to crop or you're a landscape photographer or you are shooting commercial photography and you're blowing up pictures to go on a billboard. Um, so those are the really two main points there, but um, I appreciate you if you made it to this point uh, sticking around. Um, if you have suggestions for me, uh, make sure you shoot me a message on Instagram. That's my uh, that's my main uh, way to share pictures, interact with you know friends and other photographers. But you know, I'd love to have your input. I would really, you know, I don't want it to just be a ramble fest from me. I would love to have input from you know other friends and hopefully new friends from doing this and you know kind of guide this along and it really just become a community of people that just enjoy photography and it doesn't matter what genre you fall into uh, but bear with you know any bumps any random sounds in this episode and you know hopefully it will just become better as i learn really how to process the uh, podcasts and you know go from there i am i do have a mic so i think the audio should be pretty good Um, But we're just going to keep getting better. So I look forward to the next episode and, uh, you know, where we're going to take this thing. Um, Anyways, just uh, enjoy your day, guys. Uh, Get out there and I encourage you to take, you know, a couple pictures a day just to become better. Um, It doesn't matter if you post them or not, but uh, just enjoy the craft and, um, yeah, have a great day.